630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports underway. It's six minutes after 7 o'clock. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back on Tuesday of next week. Uh, still to come on the program. We're going to talk a lot of boxing, KO boxing with a big card uh, coming up at the Shaw Conference Center. Jelena Mergenovic's 50th fight. So that's going to be very exciting. The uh, first time she has fought in Edmonton in two years. It doesn't sound like uh, 50 is going to be the final fight, by the way. She kind of hinted at the uh, pre-fight news conference at her gym uh, at uh, at her gym and uh, what's it, Champs? Champs box, uh, yeah, Champs. Uh, it's called Champs. Anyway, um, I have trouble finding it today. Uh, but she said, "Yeah, I don't think this is my last." So this is definitely a huge fight for her, and the fact that it's in Edmonton is so cool. I think it's great, you know, and she's fought a lot out of the country for the last couple of years, and it's not foreign to her, but um, I think she's really excited to get back into the ring, uh, in in an Edmonton ring, and that's what will be happening on Saturday. So we'll hear from her also after uh, 7.30, uh, Adam Braidwood, a football player turned professional boxer, one of the best Canadian heavyweights in the country. In fact, he's got a title fight coming up in uh, in June, so... Uh, this is a, a bit of a pre-fight for him or a warm-up. Uh, we'll see how he sees it. Um, been uh, an interesting year for Adam Braidwood, obviously. Um, and we'll talk to him about just how the last year's kind of affected him. Of course, we're coming up uh, fairly soon on the uh, one-year anniversary of the death of uh, boxer Tim Haig. And Adam Braidwood was involved in the fight with uh, Tim Haig, um, where uh, Tim Haig unfortunately uh, passed away f- uh, shortly after the fight. So, um, And we all know what happened uh, after that with the uh, boxing commission and the city deciding there would be no no boxing or wrestling events in Edmonton and they lifted that ban recently so um, and Adam is from Victoria now that's where he resides but uh, it's nice to see him back in Edmonton and uh, and fighting in front of the uh, Edmonton crowd so um, we'll talk about that and much more coming up in this hour including talk more hockey took 17 seconds for the capitals to strike for their first goal in game two in the first period of getting Kuznetsov. Alex Ovechkin found the score sheet 28 seconds into the third period. And Patrick Hornquist into the Washington zone. A give and go from Crosby, broken up, and a caption at two on one. Ovechkin coming with Orlov. Alex coming to the left circle. A shot, he scores! the phone hold the phone whoa Ovechkin after he scored his sixth goal of the playoffs Patrick Hornquist scored his third goal of the playoffs and now the Penguins have just tied it (laughs) the Penguins like the Penguins usually do find a way to get back in a hockey game Sidney Crosby Crosby. with the goal yep that's right thanks Kellen and this has been such an even game for the most part and now the score is tied 2-2 
So two quick goals from the Pittsburgh Penguins has changed the complexion of this hockey game. Weak goal from Braden Holpe, too. It was a quick shot from Crosby, but right between the wickets. I'm thinking he should have had that. Yeah, I'm thinking as well the, the same thing. And Holpe has been so good since uh, returning to the net uh, back in game uh, two against the Columbus Blue Jackets in round one in the third period. And that was not a good goal by Braden Holpe. So 2-2 in the third period of play between the Capitals and Penguins. Game one of their uh, second round Eastern Conference playoff series. Western Conference playoff series will begin tonight in Vegas. Round number two for the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks. That game will be getting underway in just an hour from now. we got a playoff hockey game in the WHL tonight. The Everett Silver Tips are in Tri-Cities to uh, face the Americans. The Tips up 2-1 in that series. The uh, Eastern Conference Final, is uh, ha- they have the night off uh, tonight. The uh, Leftbridge Hurricanes and the Swift Current Broncos are tied at two games apiece. Major Leagues of Baseball tonight. The uh, Blue Jays have blown another lead. They had a 3-1 lead at one point in this uh, in this uh, game with the Boston Red Sox. I say that because the other night they, they did blow a lead against the Red Sox. They ended up winning it in extra innings. Curtis Granderson with a walk-off homer. Uh, but right now the uh, Jays are behind uh, the the uh, Red Sox by a score of 5-3. They're in the top of the seventh inning. In the NBA tonight, one game, the Milwaukee Bucks trying to stay alive in their first-round Eastern Conference playoff series with the Boston Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks up by nine points into the second quarter. Also, they're at halftime, uh, 48-39. Toronto Raptors will try and advance to round two tomorrow when they play the Washington Wizards. Uh, the NFL draft tonight... It's uh, Baker Mayfield who goes first overall in the 2018 draft as the Cleveland Browns pick Mayfield. A lot of uh, good quarterbacks involved uh, in this draft, especially in the first round. A lot of talk that they would take uh, maybe Sam Darnold, but it was actually the New York Jets that take Sam Darnold out of USC with the third overall pick. Uh, So we'll see what the Cleveland Browns can do. I think they've won, what, one game in their last 36 games? 35 games, something like that. It's Boy, and I thought we had it bad that 2013 season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. The 4-14 could, season. Could you imagine taking calls on their post-game radio? No, I'm good. Actually, it would be fun one night. <laughs> one afternoon to do it. Uh, by the way, you can text in at 6.30, 6.30. I mentioned uh, in the first hour, and I'll mention it again, uh, Connor McDavid has been... Uh, announced as a finalist for the Ted Lindsay Award, which is uh, awarded to the most outstanding player in the NHL, as voted on by the uh, members of the NHL Players Association. Uh, McDavid nominated with Taylor Hall of the New Jersey Devils and Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche. Now, McDavid is going to the World Hockey Championships along with uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Jordan Eberle is going there as well, the now New York Islander. Uh, someone on the text line, it was Jamie that said, hey, Taylor Hall going? You know, hey, get Taylor Connor new jabs at the World Hockey Championships. Taylor Hall said he's not going. So, no, that cannot happen. Would have been really neat if it did happen, though. That would have been a lot of fun. So, uh, Connor McDavid likely, well, I don't know if likely is the right word. Um, we'll see if he's nominated for the Hart Trophy. He should be. But will he win? And that's another story. Doesn't sound like he's going to win. Sounds like he may be nominated. Doesn't sound like he's going to win. And this award is different than the Hart Trophy because this is the most outstanding player in the NHL. This is what the Ted Lindsay Award is. Connor McDavid should win that, no problem. Even though Nathan McKinnon and 
Taylor Hall had great seasons. Uh, what else is happening today? Patrick Waugh is returning to the Quebec Ramparts as coach and GM. That ought to be fun. Had a few blow-ups <laughs> as a member of the Ramparts. Maybe he'll pull the goalie with 10 minutes left in the third. Because that, that was be. kind of his thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he's... He's a little interesting, isn't he? Yeah, a little quirky. Yeah. Now, hey, he uh, he did win the Jack Adams Award for NHL Coach of the Year in 2014. Uh, became the Vice President of Hockey Operations for the Colorado Avalanche in 2013. But uh, power struggle forced him out. So, <laughs> last year it looked like Patrick Waugh was right. This year, eh, not so much. Not so much. Looks like they are on the right track for sure. Uh, I mentioned uh, tomorrow the Preds and the uh, Winnipeg Jets will get underway. This is going to be fun. I can't wait for this. P.K. Subban. Kellen, there are two sides to P.K. Subban. There's the fun-loving P.K. Subban mm-hmm. who does so many, so much wonderful work. Oh, and we got another goal. We do. The Penguins have erased a 2 nothing lead with three quick goals in under eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Of the first period, Jake Gensel gets uh, gets the goal. Had four goals, by the way, in the uh, series clincher against the Flyers on the weekend. You can't count these Penguins out of no. any game that they're in. No, any you game. cannot. No, you cannot. So Gensel, also Sidney Crosby, Patrick Hornquist started the comeback after Alex Ovechkin scored 28 seconds into the third period to make it a two nothing game. It is now three to two. But uh, PK Subban, there's the other side. He's a bit of an annoyance. Talked about having the villain label in this series, and he went, "Well, that's interesting." Well, I could probably answer the question if I knew why I'd be labeled as a villain. I don't, I don't know what I've done in particularly wrong. I, I, you know, um, I, I don't really focus on that. I think that um, there's a lot of things that happen. It's a lot of noise. You know, I did a documentary um, a few years back, and it was called "Skate Past the Noise" because. You know, there's a lot of noise going on, whether it's from the crowd, whether it's from players, whether it's in the media, and I just choose not to listen to a lot of it. Um, that's that seemed to help me throughout my career. But uh, in terms of a villain role, I don't I don't really understand that. I just go and play hockey, so I'm not too focused on any of that stuff. Um, played a lot of playoff hockey and some really really fun buildings to play in. It'll be another fun building to play in, and I'm just gonna go do my thing. That will be a fun series, Jets and Predators. Be fun on Saturday night as well at uh, the Shaw Conference Center. Jelena Mergenovic will have her 50th fight. We'll hear from her next. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Thanks, Cam. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports, 7.20 right on the dot. On Saturday night at the Shaw Conference Centre, Jelena Mervjanovic will have career fight number 50. As she will take on from France, Stephanie Ducastel, Mervjanovic 37-10-2. Her uh, lifetime record had a chance to talk to her earlier today. Fight 50. Wow. Do you remember fight one? I absolutely do. That's one you'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, at the Shaw Conference Center, I believe it was in January, Kathy Boys, I won by a body shot knockout. It was amazing. That crowd, those gloves off, headgear, no headgear. It was incredible. 50 fights now. Do you, do you hang too much stock on a number? I mean, 50 is pretty impressive. It's, it's hard not to, but... Um, 
I'm trying to just focus on the fight, what's in front of me. Stephanie's in front of me. My goal is to perform better than I did last time, which is not going to be too hard because I don't think I performed to my best. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, that's, that's the goal. I, I think after after at the after party and after at the show, then we can enjoy it a little bit more. But right now I'm just trying to keep keep my head down and my eyes on the prize. Now, you haven't fought in Edmonton, what was it? Uh, I think you told me last week, two years? Two years, a little over two years. Wow. So I imagine the feelings are, like, you got to be jumping right now just thinking about just stepping back into an Edmonton ring. Well, you know, these are long two days, so you're trying to stay <laughs> relaxed. But it was, you know, I was, I'm what you see is what you get. And I told everybody I drove up here and I had butterflies and it was exciting. And it's been a long time since I felt that going to a press conference. And not that it's not exciting every time I fight, but it was just a little bit extra this time. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I know I, I heard a comment from you saying that you know the the recognition that, and I agree with you that you you should get and you haven't got it enough. And like I've I followed you for a long time, and um, I mean I know you very well. You've been on our show many times. Yeah. You know, Reed and I have had you down. It's been it's been cool. Um, but there's a comment that you that I heard you say recently that you think you're more or you're more well known outside of Canada than you are in Canada. Is that? I, you know, it's funny. Like we go to these big fights and getting out of the lobby at the MGM is a tough sometimes. And you know, and um, I think it's maybe just because Edmonton's that big small city that everybody kind of feels like they know you and you're just kind of like hey it's you no big deal but I don't know like I, I appreciate all the support that I have gotten and so you know this is my life this is my normal so I don't know what's any different yeah when, when you look at the the area of recognition that maybe you should get that you haven't got does that add any motivation or at this point in your career do you go or is it what you said or what you just told me? Hey, I know who supports me. I know who appreciates me. Edmonton does appreciate me. Well, and it's funny because, um, you know, Edmonton does, I think, in a way, appreciate me. And you know, the people who do, absolutely, they're incredible. Um, the people who don't is because maybe they just don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that's sad because I've spent most of my life here and I've, well, my whole life here. I shouldn't say most of it. Um, but you know where it really gets me is when I go to these conventions or I go and I hang out with my buddies who are fighters and they're getting stopped left, right, and center for photos and this and that. And they're like, well, you must get that at home. And you just kind of look and you're like, yeah, yeah, let's just go with the okay. Can we brush it off? But, um, you know, it is what it is at this point. It's not something that I'm thinking about two days before I fight. So um, it's kind of hard to answer that. So what what's left to do? Or what does Jelena Mergenovic do 48 hours before a fight? Uh, a lot of relaxing. Um, we have to do a little bit of sweating. Just... Uh, Lose, lose a little bit more water um, but mostly relaxing hang out with my family like there's I have a lot of people coming into town for this so I'm trying not to get too distracted I'm kind of really trying to focus on just chilling and stepping away from the craziness because this is awesome and it's exciting but um, you know at the end of the day uh, I still have a job to do so right now um, it's all about relaxation I was ready last week so it's all about just kind of keeping that readiness and 
and you know not overtraining and not not kind of getting stale at this point are you good at kind of parking the fight saying okay i'm just not going to think about that now i'm going to hang out with my family i'm going to enjoy my family time enjoy the time with my friends or is it always there <laughs> it's always there but that's your that's our lives as a fighter it's all fighting is always there and you're always kind of even when it slips for a minute it always comes back so um I think that's just normal. <laughs> um, but, you know, you enjoy the moments, and then when the boxing creeps in, you can see you kind of get zoned out, and then you come back, and then you get zoned out. So I always say I live in, like, kind of Jelena world right now where, um, you know, the focus sometimes isn't there, the time frame definitely isn't there, and, and um, you just people understand now. People who are close to me understand that, hey, it's okay. She's not ignoring you. <laughs> She's just, like, kind of zoned out. So, yeah. How many hours before the fight is it just you know leave Jelena alone <laughs> I uh, most of the day I spend on my own just because I mean I love the questions and I love the excitement but you guys don't realize that it's the same question a lot mm-hmm. um, so I just like to let my mind be be still right yeah. you're looking forward to this fight for many reasons obviously fighting here in Edmonton but your opponent which you know very well, uh, Stephanie de Castell. You fought her back in France in June of 2017, right? And you weren't overly happy with that fight? It was actually Canada Day. Um, and I just don't think I performed to my capabilities, mm-hmm. um, which is always anybody who knows me knows I'm disappointed. I'm very hard on myself. And that night especially, I, I still think I did enough to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everyone knows when they fight on the road, they have to do more than enough. And apparently that night I just didn't. What's the best part about fighting in Edmonton? I mean, what are you really looking forward to? The fans. I, I keep trying to explain that feeling that I go out. When you walk out and the whole arena kind of hums, and it's like that vibration, that that feeling that you just can't recreate. And so um, it's the fans. They're pretty incredible here. Well, we're over 48 hours away, but I can say two words about you right now. Locked in. So <laughs> great to chat with you again. All the best on Saturday. Hey, thanks for having me. The the focus of an athlete is is impressive, and when you get to see it up close, it's 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 amazing. And Jelena, I mean, I looked right into her eyes near the end of the, that, during that whole interview, and I'm going, wow, she is she speaks with authority, but man, she has raised her focus on the task at hand. Fight number fifty against Stephanie Ducastel on uh, Saturday night, ten round featherweight bout. And it'll be a lot of fun at the Shaw Conference Center. Uh, Adam Braidwood will be part of that uh, fight as well. Uh, uh, A name that is known in this city, uh, former Edmonton Eskimo. And we'll hear from him in a moment after the news update from the 630 Chet 24-Hour News Center. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chet. Inside Sports brought to you by Northern Chicken. Attend the perfect marriage of bird and beer. A five-course meal prepared with six six collective art beers prepared by guest chefs from Solstice and Pharaoh RSVP at northernchickenyeg.com. Let's update the scoreboard. First in Washington, it was a 2-0 lead. For the Capitals, 28 seconds into the third period against the Penguins in Game 1 of their second-round Eastern Conference Series. Oh, but those Pens, the two-time, two-time Stanley Cup champion, made a comeback. Schultz, left side over to Ole Matter. 
Trying to get down the net. I think it hit the right pad of Hopi. Jumps back to the left side. Covering there was Gensel. Right side. Delivers it over to Schultz. A shot scored. Deflected in off something. And the Penguins have come back to make it 2-1. Oh, by Sam a drink and get his dog one too. Hornquist may have touched it on the way in. The Penguins have gotten the first goal. A tang to Dumoulin. Here come the Penguins back into the cap zone. Crosby with his shoots and scores. He ties the game from the right wing circle. And number 87 makes it a 2-2 contest. Oh, Eddie Spaghetti. Crosby receiving that puck in the right wing circle and he quickly released it. And it's 2-2. Schultz to the left side, no only matter. Comes forward and plays the puck in deep. Hope he plays it on the backhand around far side. Crosby there. Whipping in. He scores. Sidney Crosby from the left wing board. Gives the Penguins the lead 3-2. And Hope he doesn't know whether to cry or wind his watch. He shot that puck from the boards. And the Penguins have taken the lead. And it's going to be Getzel who gets the goal. I think so. Who doesn't love Mike Lang? Whenever we can hear from Mike Lang, it's a treat. <laughs> doesn't know whether to cry or to wind his watch. <laughs> he says about Braden Holtby, who has looked, oh, not good in this period. Not good at all. Shots on goal are, uh, what do we have here? 29-25, I believe, for the Capitals. So it's a fairly even game, but the Pittsburgh Penguins have really poured it on. There's under three minutes to go in this game as the Penguins uh, looking to uh, secure a Game 1 victory on the road and take away home ice advantage from the Washington Capitals and take uh, a one-game-to-none lead in the period. Oh, my goodness, Matt Murray just made a, a tremendous save. Uh, I can't remember or I can't see who we made the save off of, but it was a, a gaping net for the uh, Capitals forward, and Murray did a great job of diving across and hitting the pad, hitting the pad. So, yeah, wow, what a save. So, unfortunately for the Capitals, the goaltending has been the biggest issue in this period. Now, will it be an issue for uh, the remainder of the series? That remains to be seen, but it is 3-2 late in the third period of play uh, between the Penguins and the uh, Washington Capitals. The Penguins are out in front. Uh, coming up in about a half an hour's time, the Vegas Golden Knights host the San Jose Sharks. Game one of their round two Western Conference playoff series. Gerard Gallant, head coach of the Golden Knights, talking about the layoff. It's been a long layoff. Nine days, in fact, for the Knights. It's been forever, yeah. I know they're excited. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll come out and have a real good start to the hockey game tonight. So. It seems like forever exactly, so nine days is a long time. James Neal says the layoff, not an issue. Be ready to go uh, for round two. I think uh, focus on uh, what we did and um, what's got us here. So I don't think we have to you know, put anything else in our heads. I think we just focus on your first shift, uh, be physical, and do the right things, and we'll be fine. Paul Martin, uh, one of the uh, fine young, def- or, not young, but uh, veteran defensemen on the San Jose Sharks, talks about you know just pressure ramping up just a bit because it's round two. The, you know, the pressure is what we put on ourselves. Obviously, Vegas had a, had a great year, and they have a really good team, and, um, you know, a lot of great players. So, um, you know, for us, it's not to kind of get caught up in the distractions. Of that kind of we just have to come in, and whether we be underdogs or not, and, and play our game and, and try to take one here. You can uh, text in at 630-630. And uh, we have a text here. Is uh, 630 Chad going to broadcast any of the Stanley Cup games? Yes, we will. 
Yes, we will. We will start at the conference finals. We will carry both conference finals, Western and Eastern, in its entirety. And uh, we will carry the Stanley Cup final as well. Yes, and I got a question today. When do you think uh, those finals will start? I'm thinking probably a week or two-ish, something like that. Probably, my guess would be, let's say two weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it depends. I mean, I think the longest uh, a series can go is into uh, Saturday or Sunday. Uh, not next weekend, but the following weekend. Right. Yeah. Um, so we we don't know. I mean, that's always the that's always the the uh, the hard part right now is to handicap when the series will finish. I mean, if the, if they all go long, then I would suspect uh, I would suspect in a couple of weekends from now we'll uh, we'll start carrying games, uh, or you know, in in two and a half weeks. But yeah, it it'll, it'll happen. It's like probably second. Second week in May for sure. So, but here's what we like to say in the business. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for further details on programming. To be announced. That is correct. Uh, If you missed it, Connor McDavid is nominated for the uh, Ted Lindsay Award. Awarded to the most outstanding player in the NHL. As voted by fellow members of the NHLPA. Uh, he is nominated along with Taylor Hall, the New Jersey Devils, Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche, McDavid, uh, second straight Art Ross Trophy, 108 points. He had the third most assists in the league at, with uh, 67, the sixth most goals at 41, led the league in points per game, 1.32, led the NHL in multi-point games with 32, even strength goals with 35, assists with 49, points with 84, finishing 18 points more than the second-ranked player, in the latter category among league forwards. He finished fourth in average ice time, averaging 21 and a half minutes per game. So that is impressive. Uh, he became the third Oilers player to be named the most outstanding player by his peers. Uh, McDavid looking to become the first player in the history of the Ted Lindsay Award to receive the Players Award twice before the age of 22. Uh, Taylor Hall finished with uh, 93 points. That was good for sixth in the league. Had uh, 27 multi-point games. That was uh, good for fourth. And uh, was seventh in points per game at 1.22. Nathan McKinnon had a career high in goals, 39, assists, 58, points, 97. Uh, Helped his club make the playoffs for the first time in three years. Finished fifth in points, tied for ninth in goals while co-leading the league in game-winning goals at 12th. With 12. So um, he had himself a tremendous season. No question about that. So this... I think Connor McDavid stands a good chance of winning this award. It's just the Hart Trophy. I just it just doesn't sound like he's going to win that award. And you know, people are going to get annoyed at this. But um, you know, considering what happened in the regular season, I mean, if, if Nathan McKinnon and the Avalanche didn't make the playoffs, I would probably say, yeah, Connor McDavid wins. Now, complicating things is McKinnon and Hall are out now of the playoffs, but it's not an award voted in the playoffs. It's a regular season award. And to me, there's a lot of value in making the playoffs. But it's hard to see what Connor McDavid did and not say he's not the most valuable player in the league. So it's just it it messes up my criteria because I do agree. I think the point of the regular season is to make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs... um, I find it hard to pick you, but he's the best player in the league. There's no doubt. And there's only one player in my view that's better than him, if he is better, and that's Sidney Crosby. You can make an argument, maybe he is. And Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins have just one game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 3-2 
over the uh, Washington Capitals. So they have a one game to nothing lead. I believe game two in that series uh, resumes on Saturday. Uh, let me see the schedule here. Do 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 do. Just don't mind me, folks. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh, no, not till Sunday. Is it an afternoon game on Sunday? Of course it is. NBC. (laughs) One o'clock, baby. NBC TV. That's all that's about. One o'clock. One o'clock. I love those afternoon games. You know, I'm starting to get used to it now. I mean, it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. They've been doing it every year since I've become aware of being a hockey fan, and that was in the mid-'90s, so, you know, where they've had afternoon matinees. Regular season, Stanley Cup playoffs, doesn't matter during the Sunday yeah. rotation anyway. So I remember when uh, I was uh, in the in your very seat back in 1997 because uh, I was producing Oiler games back then, like you are now and doing a fine job for us. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank um, you. The uh, playoff series in 97, which we talked about last night, you know, with the 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 big goal for Marshawn and the the three goals and uh, under three minutes, my one of my favorite memories and Buckberger winning in game number three, I think it was. Uh, Marshawn, of course, winning in game seven. Game six was in Edmonton on a Sunday afternoon. It was a noon start. It was weird, <laughs> to say the least. And and back then the games uh, were on Fox. So, now this wasn't during the Fox Tracks era, was it? I think it. Might have been, yeah. So, so you had the uh, blue streaking puck on your screen, yes, and yes, the weird visual effects that they were giving. Yes, yeah. we we don't like that. Mm-hmm. No, although it was neat, it was neat for a time, but I'm glad that time's over. So, yeah. Anyway, NBC does a good job. Oh, Doc Emmerich on the call. Oh, jeez, yeah. one of the best. Yeah. Yep. And it's great to see Eddie O in the uh the analyst seat once again going through after all the yes. stuff he went through. So His cancer this troubles year. and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to see a, a good comeback story there. Mm-hmm. It's uh seven forty four. Uh we'll give you a scoreboard update here before we uh, we throw to our next break. Uh, the Blue Jays are in action. They are taking on the Boston Red Sox. It's the rubber match of their three-game set. And the Blue Jays uh, making a bit of a comeback. Uh, they've cut their two-run deficit to a one-run deficit. Bottom of the eighth inning, they are down 5-4 to the Boston Red Sox. In the uh, NBA tonight, just one game. It's in Milwaukee, and it's a chance for the uh, Boston Celtics to uh, say goodbye to the Bucks in game six of their first-round Eastern Conference uh, playoff series. The Bucks, though, uh, they're up by eight points, 58-50 to in the third quarter. Tomorrow, uh, will be game number six between the Toronto Raptors and the Washington uh, Wizards. The Raps are the 108-98 win in game five in Toronto yesterday. And they've been good at home, not so good on the road in this series. They've uh, It's been a homer series. Uh, Kyle Lowry says, uh, well, we know what the task at hand is tomorrow in game six. <laughs> game six is a must win. Well, it's, not a must, it's, a, it's a game we need to go out there, play our game, execute the game plan. Um, Play our play our game and understand that where we are, we on the road. So we understand that things got to be a little bit different, but we got to stay focused. I like this story coming up here that I'm going to talk about. Damon Allen, former Edmonton Eskimo, uh, won a Grey Cup in 1987 with the Eskimos, won a Grey Cup in 1993. Top five quarterback in the CFL history mm-hmm. as well. One of the top five. That's I would, right. I think his face goes on the Mount Rushmore of top CFL QBs. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, Wait to your argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the thing with Damon Allen is he's played he played all over the place. I mean, he played in Edmonton, played in uh, Memphis, played in Ottawa, played in uh, Toronto. That's where he ended his career. Played in BC. Um, I mean, the BC Lions resurrected his career. The Argos just took it to a meteoric level. Um, and he was very good as a quarterback here uh, with the Edmonton Eskimos. But uh, he's inducted into the Canada Sports Hall of Fame this year. He's a four-time Grey Cup champion, as I mentioned. He's just proud of how long he played in the CFL. When I first came in the league, I was only 160 pounds. And so when you look at uh, you know, the sizes of football players and, and, and playing such a physical sport, um, even though I played with toughness and courage, um, I was still 160 pounds, and I, I realized how I had to survive, and this game was is to be very elusive. He was a string bean. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> he was a string bean, but he was really good. Uh, also being inducted into the uh, Canadian Sports Hall of Fame, uh, Leafs legend Dave Keon won the Stanley Cup four times for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I believe he was on the uh, team that last won the Cup back in 67. Uh, yes, he was. Uh, also, wheelchair racer Jeff Adams, diver Alexander Depati, skier Chandra Crawford, and rower Sandra Kirby will also be inducted. Another uh, NBA note, uh, and this has to do with one of the better players in the in the league, that's Steph Curry. He has resumed full practice with uh, contact, could play for the defending champion Golden State Warriors as soon as Game 1 of their Western Conference semifinal Saturday night against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Curry practiced today wearing a protective black brace over his sprained left knee, which has sidelined him uh, since uh, March the 23rd. So there's some headlines. And uh, Baker Mayfield goes uh, first overall in the NFL draft to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Best of luck, sir. Oh, goodness sakes. Uh, if you're trying to get a reference point on Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel. There's your reference point. Baker Mayfield might be the best quarterback in the draft, skill-wise, ability-wise. It's just that it's between the ears, and he's made some questionable choices, much like Johnny Manziel, who is trying to find an NFL team. Dare I say must, much like the Cleveland Browns in their history, 1.0 and 2.0 questionable uh, choices. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they, what did I read today? They've used uh, 28 quarterbacks since their return to the NFL. That's insane. Like, come on. I mean, how can you how can you have success doing that? Meanwhile, New England's used, what, one? No, they've used... Well, I mean, when well, I Brady mean, like, was suspended for four games, they used two. I, I've meant since the Browns have come oh, back in the yeah. NFL. No, I probably probably three. Yeah, three, three quarterbacks. Yep, maybe maybe four. Maybe four. I'm thinking of Ryan Mallett. He mm-hmm. might have played a couple snaps or or two, or played in a game that didn't matter in the end of sure. the season. Yeah, I mean the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Don't get me started. You give away your future, Belichick. You give away your future. I love you, Hoodie. Even though you're as interesting as a wet rag, but you trade away Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Why it's, would you do that? It's okay, Dave. Rumors out of Seattle is my Seahawks are looking at Colin Kaepernick, of all people, as a viable 1B quarterback option to Russell Wilson. I thought they didn't want him anymore because uh, he went back off on his stance of uh, kneeling during the national anthem. They didn't. They did. They didn't. They did. Now they're saying that they do. So oh. it's like, uh, All right. guys, make up your mind. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I totally agree with that. So, um, well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll keep an eye on. I'll keep an eye on what the Patriots do. There's been talk that they're going to go after a quarterback, but... Um, 
that would be nice if they had another option. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off my Patriots soapbox, even though I love Tom Brady, but he's 41 years old. Do the math. He's still pretty good. Still the best quarterback in the league last year, even though he didn't win the Super Bowl. If the Pats only had a defense in the Super Bowl, and if Tom Brady only had a pair of hands on the little trick play. Remember that? Down the sideline? Yeah. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Yeah, I know. Stop whining, Campbell. Your team has won five five Super Bowls. Shut up. Yes, I understand that. Hey, Philly won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Look at that. Ah, yeah. So Was that who it was? Yeah, it was yeah, Nick Foles. Was Nick Foles. Yeah. Who was that guy? <laughs> yeah, the backup quarterback to Carson Wentz now. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. So uh, you want to talk about quarterback shortages in the NFL, and there is one. Uh, the Eagles don't have one. Their one and their 1A is pretty good. Uh, 7.51, we will uh, be back to wrap here on the Thursday evening edition of Inside Sports. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins at 7.54 as uh, we'll... Wrap up this uh, Thursday evening edition of Inside Sports. Uh, game one goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Game one of their Eastern Conference second round series. As they rally back from 2 nothing down and beat the Capitals with three third period goals. They win 3-2. Uh, despite the Capitals having all kinds of possession time. They have more of the uh, scoring chances. But Matt Murray was great, and Braden Holtby was not in the third period. Uh, wrestling talk coming up. Won't be long, but we got to mention, Kellen. We'll keep it short. The greatest Royal Rumble goes greatest. tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes, I know they already did, well, two earlier this year, one for the men's and one for the ladies in yep. January. But this is a bought and paid for event by the Saudi Arabian government. Yep, and it's the first of a multi-year deal. I don't know if they're all going to be Royal Rumble matches or what, but the card is built so stacked that it's more stacked than WrestleMania. Which makes you wonder. Well, I know why we're do- they're doing it because of the money, but it kind of frustrates you as a wrestling fan. Although I'm very oh, curious absolutely. to see this. I'm very curious to see this. Although what's disappointing about the Greatest Royal Rumble, and it's going to be a 50-man Royal Rumble. Yeah, and uh, it's probably going to take. Oh, about an hour and a half. Hour and a half or so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Even with the reduced intervals that they're rumored, I think it's only going to be one-minute intervals. Yeah. So every minute there'll be a new person. So, so at least that's 50 minutes as it is. And then what you usually get when you win the Royal Rumble is you main event WrestleMania for a title match. Right. You get a trophy this time for winning the greatest Royal Rumble, which is... The greatest Royal Rumble trophy, Dave. Okay. All right. <laughs> and a pat on a head probably and say, oh, good job. I think there's six title matches, and we're going to expect to see some title changes tomorrow. Oh, probably. You know, Brock yeah. Lesnar may lose to Roman Reigns because it's a, it's a nice, soft place to do it in Saudi Arabia instead of the vitriol that Roman Reigns gets in North America. So. Yeah, the start time if you care to watch this thing live, I think a lot of people will be watching it on tape delay who care, uh, <laughs> 10 a.m. Edmonton time. Yes, that's right. And that's that's correct. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's a six-hour show, folks. It is. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> I got more information on it on my Twitter. Follow me at Kellen Nitro. Okay, thanks, Kellen. Yeah. Okay, wrestling talk is over. See, it was only two minutes. Relax, folks. Uh, tomorrow night on the show, I know Brendan Ulrich will be uh, joining me. One of my guests, not a happy Caps fan tonight. Won't be happy tomorrow. Uh, we'll also hear from Evans and Eskimos defensive lineman Kweku Botang, who had a great rookie season. Eskimos training camp is just around the corner, folks. 
For Studio Producer Kellen Kennedy, I'm Dave Campbell. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.